Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Let me just say this. If you're over 50, you have lots to give the next generation. You have tremendous wisdom to give the next generation. How do I know that? Number one, I'm over 50. Number two, because we've made lots of mistakes. How many would agree with that? If you're over 50, raise your hand. So what do I have to offer them? I can tell them a lot of things what? Not to do. Amen? You see, with age comes wisdom. Trouble is, we've learned the hard way. We should have been smarter. The older we get, the more we tend to feel marginalized by popular society. The seeming elevation of youthfulness over experience and wisdom can feel depressing. This trend seems to be evident, even in the modern church, where the worship leaders and their songs seem younger and newer. Pastor Mark, in his teaching, reminds us of the biblical valuation on experience and the wisdom gained through mistakes. He also notes the responsibility grandparents and others of experience have in praying for and mentoring younger acquaintances and the blessing it brings to both parties. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with his continuing study called Role Models. Your child can't hear you say, well, why are we going to church today? Well, I got to turn my ties in. By the way, you can do it online so you don't have to come. (laughs) Well, dad, why am I paying my ties? Because Balmer said I have to pay them. Well, when that kid begins 15 and has his first paper, oh, nobody takes the paper. When it mows lawns and he gets ready to tithe. What will he do? While balling in the home, he's going to have to give his 10% off the top. But the moment he's out of that home, he ain't ever given again. Why? Because he was taught to obey because you have to rather than you get to. Parents, do not make following Jesus Christ a burden. It's the greatest lifestyle in all the world. When you and I get to obey God, amazing things happen. Look at this verse. This is a simple verse, but you ought to have it behind your eyeballs. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord, your God. You see, children need to be taught by parents that are proactive and positive. Always talking about your living faith. When you got laid off. What are we going to do, mom and dad? 
when the house payment's due and we don't have it. How are we going to do it? They need to see that you're trusting God. When there's an emergency, there's a surgery, there's all kinds of things happening. They need to see mom and dad are trusting God, trusting God, trusting God, trusting God. So that when they leave the home, what did they learn? To trust God, to trust God, to trust God. Explain all those things. When you as a parent fail, be real. Tell them. Maybe before you got married, you failed. Good things to tell the kids. Because failures are not final with God. Our kids need to want to obey God. Because they know it's the right thing to do. And it is blessing. Now understand. That means that parents are to be active in every aspect of their child's life. Every aspect. There's a God part in all of that. Teach your children to obey God because they get to. Not because they have to. And it can't just be your mouth. It's got to be your lifestyle. Now look at verse 3. Psalm 78 verse 3. Stories we have heard and known. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. The things God has done in our lives as a husband and wife. We will tell the circle these two words. The next generation. All about the glorious deeds of the Lord. About his power and his mighty wonders. We will tell the next generation the goodness of God. That you can bet your life on God. You can allow God to be the center of your life. And it, everything eventually will work out for good. The next generation. What do we have to do with the next generation? Let me show you what that's all about. He says, we will tell the next generation. I want to do something. And uh, it's very important that you obey me. If you're 50 and older, I want you to stand. Now, don't give me the chance. I want people to know that I'm 50. Just stand. If you're 50 and over, just stand. Now, look around at you. Now, here's what I want you to do. A little math. I want to add 50 years to your age right now. All of you that think you'll be dead by the time those 50 years are added to your life, please sit down. I want to see if there's anybody standing. Good. You might have good genes. And maybe your grandfather had corduroys. You're not going to make it, so... There may be a few left after 100. There could be a few. Actually, we have somebody in our one of our services. He's 100 years old. He's still doing hospital ministry. Wow. That's amazing. But by and large, you're all gone. By the way, I'm going before you. 50 years, I'm already in heaven 20 years. Now, let me ask you a question. Well, then, how are we going to tell the next generation about the goodness of God? When are we going to do it? Now. We start today. Because I don't know what tomorrow is. The youth band that was up here, that's the next generation. All these younger pastors that I'm mentoring, that's the next generation. You and I are all going to be gone in heaven. So I have a responsibility today. 
as a parent, as a grandparent, as a Christian. Some of you don't have anybody in your life to mentor because, you know, kids are too far away, grandkids, you can pray for them. Powerful prayer. And let me just say this. If you're over 50, you have lots to give the next generation. You have tremendous wisdom to give the next generation. How do I know that? Number one, I'm over 50. Number two, because we've made lots of mistakes. How many would agree with that? If you're over 50, raise your hand. So what do I have to offer them? I can tell them a lot of things what? Not to do. Amen? You see, with age comes wisdom. Trouble is, we've learned the hard way. We should have been smarter. Now, that means we have to pass along our faith to our children and grandchildren. Now, that's God's way of taking the gospel and the power of a changed life to the next generation, that circle of life. Now, what happens, watch me, this is very important. What happens when parents do not pass along their personal faith in God to the next generation? What happens when parents have nothing of spiritual value? They're only passing along possessions, and the retirement and life insurance. What, what if they have nothing of spiritual value to pass around to the next generation? What's it look like? Look at our world. That's what it looks like. 20 years ago, our world spiritually was very different than it is today. Understand, children learn best by example. That's why God put these instructions here. Good, but even bad examples. Today, we have the third parent in the home. It's social media. Twitter, Facebook, email, all those kind of things. Nothing wrong with them, many good things. But be careful Because behind the world system, if we don't transmit God's things to the next generation, somebody else will transmit their principles. Satan is after your children. Oh, Pastor Martin, they're not getting that spiritual stuff. No, there's a real Satan that's after your children. He wants nothing more than to have your children and your grandchildren. So if you leave a void, Satan will move right in. He's already moving in. Wait till I read to you what is happening in Mexico with marriage. You'll be shocked. Well, we just got back from Israel. One day I was there with my iPad. I was teaching. And I saw this picture. I want to explain it to you. See, when you go to Israel, it's God's holy land. When we go there, we take... Time, and I usually take a couple of young pastors with me, we'll teach at the different spots. Uh, 20, 25 times we teach. We have a guide who tells us all the local things, and then we stop at the locations. And this happens to be at Caesarea. And this is a, I'll just have them turn to Acts chapter 10, and as they begin to read the second or third verses, Caesarea. And I say, Where are we? Caesarea. They circle that soccer because they'll always remember that verse. So we bring the Bible alive. While we're in Israel. Because that's why we're there. Now here's a whole group of people. I don't know who they are. They have a guide. Who's the historical guide? There's no pastor. There's no priest. There's no religious leader. And I want you to look. You will not find ever a Bible. So what are they doing in the Holy Land? They're taking a historical tour. 
They're learning about the Romans. They're learning about Herod. But there is nothing spiritual being taught to them. As you look at that, it's simply another historical vacation. There's nothing of spiritual value being given to them in this amazing place, the country, that God's country. Now, why is that? Because these people, by and large, nobody passed on to them anything of spiritual value. Now, I want to ask you a question. What are their children looking like? Better or worse? Worse. Take it one more generation and what do we have? You see, we're usually about two generations away from this country being almost totally pagan. Now, how do I know that? You take a trip to Europe. Any of the countries in Europe, by and large, and England, Ireland, Scotland, you take it. Here's what we know. Two to five percent of the people in those countries go to church at all. Not a Christian, just go to church. Two to five percent. So what does that tell me? Ninety-five percent of Europe is what now? Pagan. Now, tell me what the next generation is going to look like. Better or worse? There's nothing to pass on. How did that happen? They never followed the biblical principle. They've never passed on something real that they have. Pastor Mark, that can't happen here. We're already in the middle of it. We're already in the middle of it. But I want you not to be discouraged. Because when we were at Caesarea Philippi, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, who do men say I am? And they gave him all these questions. Then Jesus turned to Peter and said, who do you say I am? Peter said this, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Peter responded, uh, Jesus responded to Peter, right on, Pete, you got it right. And then he said this, the gates of hell will never defeat the church of Jesus Christ. So we are on the winning side. We have the right principles. Let's get on our bikes and ride for Jesus. Let's do it right. We can do it right. You can change today. But it has to start with you. And it has to start with me. Who's going to change the next generation? We are. When we started this church 19 years ago, our focus was on two things. People that are far from God. They were lost. Getting them back to God. Real relationship with Christ. The second thing was this. We've always had from God, as Linda and I prayed to come, An emphasis on children and youth. Because we understood this principle. Most of you are here because somebody passed on their faith to you. So, what we've done, the vision emphasis that I've shared with you today, all from the scriptures, is what we've been trying to do all these years. Now, here's the problem. The church should never be the primary role of spiritual teaching in a person's life. The home should be. But what's our problem? We have tons of youth and tons of children who have no spiritual emphasis in their home. Mom and dad don't know. Good parents, loving parents, they just don't know God. That's just a fact. Do you know we have a lot of parents still that will bring their kids to church, drop them off, and then go out and come pick them up an hour and a half later. Then they wonder why the teenager at 16 goes... 
I'm through with that stuff. Why? Because there was no emphasis for mom and dad. So we have that. So what are we going to do about it? Griping, complain? No. We're going to do what God tells us to do. So what we have is a very vibrant children's ministry. We don't babysit. We teach those kids about Jesus Christ. You see, if you can teach them at a young age, they'll serve God. And the youth the same. Even here at our campus, we have a big gymnasium. And we get the kids from the junior high over here and all these kids. We get them to come on over during the week. And they get to play basketball after they've had a devotion. You say, well, that's forcing it down. No, they're just being introduced to God. Because they don't know anything about God. So our emphasis is never on buildings. But who's going to reach the next generation? How are we going to do it? One to one, we are going to do it through the church. Right principle number five down. The church, Christ followers, must reach this generation for Christ. See, it's our responsibility. Not just our children. Not just our grandchildren. It's more than that. Where would I be today if my mother and father had not had been godly role models? Where would any of us be if our parents or grandparents were not realies? Where are our kids today? They have no realies in their home. So by God's help, we're going to teach our future generations to trust God, to learn from the past, obey God's word themselves. You see, the future generations depend on the realies of today. You and I, we are the realies. So we're going to do even more. That's one of the reasons we do Fall Festival. Because the kids have probably heard this from their church background. Mom and dad, I'm not going to church. All them church people want is your money. And then they come to Fall Festival. Well, how much is a hot dog? It's free. Really? And they go tell the dad, free? Oh, there'll be some connection here. Just wait, just wait, just wait. No, it's free. Have some candy. Go ahead, break a tooth on it. Praise God. <laughs> you see, seriously, that's what the world thinks. So, a year ago, God spoke to me one morning. And he showed me something to do. And I presented it to the elders because I didn't like what God said. Don't laugh. You've heard God and you don't like some of the things he said to you either. <laughs> Basically, he said, we have to have a new children's building here. So a year ago, we started building it. And uh, God said, I'm going to ask you to build it debt free. Now, we have other debt. Because we just built the Vieira brand new church building, $10 million. And they're just blowing the socks off it. We All the different campuses, everything comes here. We're just family. And we dole out the money and whatever. And you know, we never hype anybody for money. But God said, do this building debt-free. And I went, you got to be kidding me. In this economy? That's crazy, God. He said, no, just trust me. Look at verse 7. So each generation should set its hope a new on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commandments. See, we have the privilege of passing on our faith through our buildings. Oh, it's not about the buildings. This is just an instrument to reach the next generation. Jesus told us that his church would not be defeated, so we are simply going to do it. And I want you to write number six, principle number six. If there's anything you want to pass on to your children, it should be this. Our God provides. 
simply believe and enjoy. Psalm 78 talks about the nation being freed because of the exodus and all the things God did for them. So where are we as we take this gospel to the next generation? Where are we here in the new ministry building and the kids are going to have their own auditorium? Fantastic. There's a Bible in that auditorium. You don't know this. I stand every week on my dad's Bible. After 50 years of ministry, it's in the ground. I stand on it every week. Oh, it's not my dad's Bible, the issue. It's the Word of God. Up in Vieira, Pastor Dean stands on a Bible. Our kids will understand when they walk into this place, the parents will understand, God reigns here. He needs to be in the center of your life. You put him there, and God will take care of your family, and the next generation, the next generation, the next generation. His principles always work. Now, when God gave me that command, went to the elders, we shared it with you. The building that's going to be finished will be finished by probably middle of December. We'll move in in January. It's going to be awesome. Maybe a little before, but probably January is when we'll move in. The building cost $4.5 million. We told you that at the beginning. Remember, we had $3 million in cash. We had $3 million in cash, and we still own... Oh, other debts, obviously, for the different buildings. And God just said, build it for no money. We never hyped you. We didn't do anything. And I want to give you an update where we are. We're about two and a half months from finishing. So far this year, you guys, and I have no idea how it's all happened. You guys have given <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so we're really in trouble. No, we needed 1.5 million. You've given 1.25 million already. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In this economy, that's impossible. But God said to do it, and He's going to finish it. So, how's your math? How much do we need left? $250,000. How are we going to do it? Well, here's what I'm going to do. Everybody that can give 50000 would you please stand out all the campuses? <laughs> Hallelujah. Not a chance. We're going to do it the same way we've always done it. You're going to hear from God. And you're going to be part of taking your legacy and putting it in a place that's going to take the gospel to the generation after, and if God tarries, after you're dead a long time. So I'm asking you, just in the next two and a half months, up and above your ties, give whatever God says to you to give. And I already know, since he told us to do it, it's going to happen. We're already almost there. You just trust God. Because where God guides, God always provides. You be part of it. See, we're all together. We took a lot of money and switched it over to Duviera because they're part of us. We're family. And we're going to do this, keep expanding as God blesses our campuses because our whole goal is to get the next generation aware of the love of God. That's our privilege. So you give as God directs and he'll provide for it. Today's teaching was an encouragement to the oldsters among us to continue teaching their children and even grandchildren. Pastor Mark taught about their responsibility to obey God fully and willingly. 
As their children observe their faithfulness to God and see His blessing them despite the inevitable difficulties that come along, they too will be encouraged to walk with Christ. There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. This concludes the message, Role Models Part 3. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin teaching Role Models Part 4. We will hear how in Scripture the various writers encourage their readers to follow their lifestyle examples, just as they themselves followed Jesus' pattern. We'll learn the importance of parental leadership in leading the next generation to Christ. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. May God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurting world a new hope he is given